0: It is a beautiful Wednesday evening here in South Bend, Indiana. We are here in the studios of WVFI with a new episode of What If, where we just go in-depth to discuss the biggest breakthroughs, blunders, and mishaps of modern sports. To discuss what if these profound moments did or didn't happen. I am today's host, Ryan. I'm joined in the studio by my co-hosts, Maddie. Jay. technical difficulties once again.
1: Um, we're also joined with <laughs> James and Reynolds. Uh, we're working on connecting their mics.
0: In the meantime, I'll go ahead and introduce today's, today's topic. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about what if Charlotte didn't trade Kobe to the Lakers in the 96 draft. So a little bit of background on that um, with the 13th pick in the NBA draft. The Charlotte Hornets selected Kobe Bryant, uh, who was promptly traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for center Vlade Divac. Uh, we're going to talk about basically, you know, if uh, if Charlotte kept Kobe, how would his career have played out differently? If uh, or if they had just decided to take their own pick and not even not even trade for him, uh, where would Kobe have fallen? How would that have changed the uh, landscape of the NBA today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, starting up with uh, a quick Kobe quote. Um, first of all, R.I.P. to the, the Black Mamba, um, one greatest
0: of, player of all time. Okay, let's I will not, not step
2: off that take. Let's not go there. But um, so basically, uh, in a in a sort of a tell all interview, uh, Kobe said, um, "Quote: I knew who Dave Cohens, who's uh, who's involved with the draft process uh, in Charlotte. Uh, I knew who Dave Cohens was and was pretty he excited. He the coach to- at the time, right?" Yeah, I was like okay. a coach okay. of the GM um, okay. and I was pretty excited to play for him uh, and then I was like oh all right I quickly transitioned from, from a smiley kid to a killer instinct um, so I mean there's 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 a lot of different ways we could take this what if I mean you know first and foremost it's you know what is what does the the league look like what does that draft look like but also what does Kobe look like as a player um, you know does that does that significantly change who he is as an individual Um and then with that, uh, how does that change the the NBA as an entirety uh, as well? Jay, anything to add?
0: Um, just, just from the start here?
1: You no, know, just from the start. I mean, there's so many endless things. Uh, I mean, those things to consider, like is Kobe's game different based on what James players are introducing to, him to the league? You know, room, if so, with if he stays turn, with turn, turn Charlotte, turn for we'll turn example, turn I mean, he's got. What Dell Curry as his as his mentor almost does does Kobe Bryant become a better three point shooter? You know, Kobe does Kobe Bryant Steph? Does does Kobe Bryant really bring in the three pointer into the game before Steph? The you know with with Del Curry. Does that mean that
3: our room is muted?
1: You know, does his three point shot is it is it that much better?
0: Well, I think a big one. If we're just talking off of who his immediate influences are, um, you know is Kobe a different player without Phil Jackson? Yeah, Phil I mean, Jackson joins the Lakers in 1999. He his Third year in the league. Uh one of the greatest coaches of all time. You know, coached both uh Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Um very instrumental in that 2000 to yeah. 2002 <laughs> the championship guys? uh run yes. on the as champion. well as uh the, the uh 09 and the 2010 championships.
2: All right, so let's not get ahead of ourselves quite yet. Let's not get ahead of ourselves quite yet. You know, yeah. let's uh, let let's let's go into the draft first. All right, so like like Ryan said, uh, Kobe gets drafted, pick thirteen, trade traded immediately to the Lakers um, for Vlade Divac, which is gotta be one of the craziest, most lopsided traded trades of all time. Um, so I guess we'll start. No, with that. no,
0: no, no, no. They, they were getting a veteran center.
2: Uh, okay, I Veterans mean, center in, for in... for
0: a for a high school. High risk, uh, you know. Kobe was a bit of a diva out of high school.
2: I mean, in hindsight, in hindsight, obviously, one of the most one of the most lopsided trades you could ever imagine. So, I guess let's start with that. Where do you guys where do you guys see him going if this trade doesn't happen? Well, I mean, let me let me
0: pull up who the who the next teams were, but I mean. If this trade doesn't happen, you know it's a question of like the Lakers very much wanted Kobe. They made that like they were they would have done anything in their power to get him on their team. Um, uh, not but able,
3: not able to hear us. Okay.
0: the The Hornets at the time they didn't need guards, so they they drafted him or they drafted him purely to trade him. Is is another team going to do that, or is someone else going to take him? You know to to keep. You know, so does does he end up eventually on the Lakers? But just Vladi goes to a different team. That's the only change, or, or what happens? You know,
2: yeah. So I mean, with that, actually, interestingly, um, I don't think it. I don't think that you're quite right in saying that Charlotte didn't need guards. Uh, their first round pick ended up being. Uh, they they had two first rounders that year. Uh, the second one, the guard that they kept. Uh, let me know if you've heard this name before in the first round, Tony Delk. That one is on what draw. pick? What number? Uh, I believe. Let me see. Um, Tony sixteen. Yeah, Tony Delk was sixteen to out Charlotte K- out of Kentucky. Um, so it's not that they weren't even interested in guards. They ended up taking and keeping a guard. Um, they just didn't want Kobe.
0: I mean, I mean, maybe that. Ah, good point. Good point.
1: I mean. Is maybe it, maybe they that, just wanted to take body yeah. when they could get him. Is, yeah, Would just it,
0: use that, that second pick. You know, take, use the leverage when they had it.
1: Yeah, is it that they didn't want Kobe or that they thought Kobe didn't want them? You know, the, there was a lot of talk. I know you mentioned earlier, but there was a lot of talk going into the draft that Kobe did not want to play in a small market. Like, he only wanted to play in a big market. And, you know, that's what was going around. So I think, you know... That leaves a lot of teams out. Yeah, where, I'm not, not sure. You know, they didn't even want to touch Kobe because they're like, uh "Oh, like he might." This not guy's sign. just going to go to Italy. Yeah, he might yeah. not sign with us. So then you're wasting your, you know, you're going to waste your 13th pick on a guy who's going to just leave and sure. not sign, which, I, you know, that's obviously teams didn't want to do that. So I think one second, sorry. Um, you I know. mean, he
0: was he was definitely a high risk pick. Absolutely, high school player would was very. There, I mean, public about not wanting to play for a small market. I think we uh, had even, you know, voiced his intention to if he was going to a, was gonna play in a small market to, to go to Italy, um, you know,
2: where I believe <laughs> his father played. If I'm not wrong, he,
0: I, I know he he
2: grew up uh, spending a lot of time in Italy. Yeah, I mean, he was he was trilingual. Uh, obviously, a, a very uh, a very talented yeah. trilingual. Guy. Yeah, trilingual. Kobe's an impressive um,
4: guy. Come on, don't hate
2: so, it. The the thing there I would say is that so this is this is from um this is from an article about uh what ended up being the, that year's so bizarre well. can draft can class, it. which for the record was one of the all-time great draft classes. I mean you have stacked. You had Allen Iverson, Marbury, uh Ray Allen, Steve Nash, Derek Fisher, um, just to name a few off the top of the head. Um but so basically what, what the story was was that um Kobe's agent, this guy named Tom, Yeah, for sure. uh and the oh, Lakers Lakers GM Jerry West um basically limited Kobe's pre-draft exposure to almost no one except for um except for the Lakers. So basically, I mean, the question becomes who else had even really seen Kobe at that point? I mean, you can you can go off high school tape obviously, but um I don't think it I don't think you need to be an NBA draft scout to say High school tape doesn't really tell you what kind of player a guy's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. I think there's generational uh, so, you know, players. I, I think it's. I think it's interesting. I mean, like first and foremost, I don't know if he ends up anywhere in the long term. No, definitely L. A. But I would let's agree. Just with say that. Does, definitely. You know? Let's just say he does. Definitely. would agree is, with that just sure. miracle. No one, no one accepts L.A.'s trades. Um, no one's picking up the their phone. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, you know where does he go? Where does he go? Because I, I don't see. A, I don't see a world where he ends up in uh, in Charlotte. I mean,
0: on top of that, I mean, he was, you know, based on like interviews from different uh, organizations, that like he was one of those players that. The guy said. Yeah, he didn't have the college tape, but I mean, every workout he did, his draft stock just
3: shot up every time. You know?
0: oh, he was a maniac. So yeah, people people yeah. knew knew going into the draft that he was something special, but they didn't know if he was something special, you know, just like little flash in the pan if it was sustainable if he was you know undersized they said he needed to bulk up things like that so i mean uh i don't know you know maybe uh phoenix you know phoenix had the 15th pick they took steve nash maybe they take kobe instead
1: yeah i mean i think you need to look at i mean what we're talking about with kobe wanting to go to big markets so i mean phoenix at the time i mean wouldn't call him a big market um, but I think Bigger. yeah. So the pick next, pick. but <laughs> the next, the next big market team would have been the Knicks at pick 18, Whoa. and they selected a small forward um, by the name of John Wallace from Syracuse. So I mean, you have to think they the Knicks have what three first round picks in this draft. So I think you've, you've got to think, okay, maybe if. A Kobe Bryant, who is you know high risk, high reward kind of player, he could be the kind of player that they would pick. You know, you got you got three first round picks. That's the kind of guy you are looking for in that situation. You know,
2: yeah, I mean, I think that also. I mean, I am looking at this. I am looking at this Knicks roster, Jay. You brought that up. Um, That's a team that uh, it would make a lot of sense for Kobe to go to. They have they have one listed, uh, two listed shooting guards. and two listed point guards. I mean that that that'd be a, and alongside your your big market point.
1: I think that the Knicks at you said 18, they had 18, 19 and 21. Really? I mean okay. and,
0: and additionally yeah. just like but but just thinking of you want to talk about big markets. The Knicks are one of the biggest uh, they're they're the most valuable definitely NBA franchise.
1: Yeah, and I mean and at they? at the time I mean, at the time they were
0: I mean the net the Nets are in New Jersey. At this point. Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, so they're, they're New York's New York's sole team.
1: And I mean, at, that is their, like, that they are in their peak right there. They've got Patrick Ewing. Ewing? I forgot his oh, name. yeah, yeah. Patrick um, Ewing. I mean. He's, you know, he's having a great, he's what? They,
0: they were insane. They were insane.
1: Yeah, at that, at that point, I mean, he's had, like, seven or eight all-stars. You know, oh, no, he's actually, he would have been a 10-time all-star the year that Kobe was drafted. So if you add a young kobe bryant to a team to that Knicks team who were um was it the year after that they choked to the pacers with the the famous reggie miller game i believe it was cuz that say. was that's late 90s if you add you know if, if you add him what does that change do they they win that do they keep going to are the Knicks actually winning some things? And, you know, it's a good question.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think that it's, I think it's, it's, it's interesting, like just the development of Kobe with, with different teams, too. I mean, we're talking about Phoenix, we're talking about, um, we're talking about the Knicks, but I don't see any of those teams having guys that mentor him, nor necessarily the coaches to do it. I mean, the Knicks coach there is, uh, is Jeff Van Gundy. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't think that anyone would call him a particularly talented, uh, like, you know, Come I, don't, on. <laughs> I don't think that he's the guy that you want Kobe coming up in his system, um, especially when he's playing when he's playing uh, with a, a top player as a center. Um, so I mean, I think that I think that really, like, the biggest question to me is, what does Kobe look like outside of the outside of the Lakers? I mean, I, I can't. I mean, obviously, I can't even picture. Kobe in a different jersey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's just like makes me sick. That's just so that's foreign to me.
0: And, and additionally, I mean, he, uh, like he says in the in that interview, um, I went from smiley kid yeah. to kill exactly. You, know, you can hear that the very start. You know, Kobe was one we of the just fed off of no, adversity no, and things like that. You know, proving people wrong right off the bat to be used as not. You know, or for his his initial value in the NBA was as a pawn for a trade <laughs> like he said, you know he was <laughs> drafted with I don't know about that though used. so i mean that disrespect kind of right from the start you know he was one of those guys that entered with with a chip on his shoulder and always played with a chip on his shoulder so i think i think even that start is just so characteristic of how his career ended up going and phil jackson was you know having worked with michael jordan he was one of those players that was just um what's that oh um he was just one of those players that uh or one of those coaches that was able to kind of rope in the uh the personalities of like you know the egos things like that i mean he had michael jordan uh Dennis Rodman having to deal with all of them at the same time. I mean, I think if there were any coach perfect for developing a player like Kobe, it would be him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you, you see it in his numbers too. I'm pulling up right now, but so Kobe year one, 96, 97, uh, Kobe averages 7.6 next year. He averages 15.4. And then you add in, um, you add in Phil Jackson in 99. And he gets to 19.9 points a game. So I mean, I think that I think that when when Phil Jackson gets added in there, Ryan, like like you said, um, you know, I think that he he really institutes a kind of offense that a lets Kobe play to his strengths. And B, manage his personality. I mean, if you listen to anything on the guy, he he's he's a crazy person. I mean, he is he is driven. uh He wants to be the star of the show. He wants to take twenty five, thirty shots a game. um And I and you know Phil Jackson will let you do that. But I don't know I don't know how many coaches in the league are going to let you do that. So I think that I think that we sh- I think that we should have that conversation right now. Like. What do you guys think Kobe looks like as as a career guy if he starts off somewhere else and isn't still on his rookie deal in ninety-nine when Phil Jackson comes in?
4: I think there's a lot of similarities with Scottie Pippen. And you look at the Bulls and when um, when Michael was out and Scotty really thrived in the environment where he could run the offense, it could be the guy, and I think there's a lot of similarities with Kobe. Kobe really could be the guy in LA. Under Jackson, and I don't think he gets that freedom and that flexibility, even in a in a small market like uh, like Charlotte. And so I think the the triangle offense and the opportunity propels his career, carrels his, propels his learning. And, and without it, I think I don't think we have context to judge it because I think Phil Jackson is that transformational as a coach.
3: Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I think that Phil Jackson did a great job in developing Kobe Bryant and taking him from the young guy who will shoot all the time and is kind of cocky and arrogant and kind of transforming him, fixing his work ethic, turning his work ethic toward getting better at all costs. And he definitely shaped him into the player he is today and made him so much better for it. Also, and you guys have talked about this, I'm sure, is that Phil Jackson, L.A. brings in the the back backup for Kobe. The other stars. It's a bigger market than Charlotte, perhaps. So that'll definitely help Kobe develop and grow. I mean, he'll develop faster on a team with, with Shaq and whatnot than with a bunch of bad players.
2: And I, I mean, I think it also I think it also has a lot to do with the way that Phil Jackson runs his offense. I mean, you look back at um, you know the the Phil Jackson the Phil Jackson um, Jordan teams. And they kinda had the same the same general setup that that the Lakers of the early two thousands did. I mean, you, you try to run that triangle offense with a big man and two guards. I mean, you think back to the you think back to the Bulls and you got Pippen Jordan and Rodman for the later years there. And it's almost a perfect it's it's almost a perfect parallel when you think about it. When you when you go Kobe Shaq, uh, and I guess Derek Fisher would kind of be that that third guy there. Derek Fisher, <laughs> who you know, goat. obviously not as talented as Scotty Pippen, but you can almost run that same offense, and, and, that. and you see it as soon as they, as soon as they get all those pieces together with Phil Jackson. I mean, um, that that O one season's the the first championship. Those
0: those are two completely separate styles of play, though. I mean, wait, yeah, but I mean, but, wait, like, I mean uh, between between Pippen and uh, Derek
2: Fisher. Derek Fisher a point guard. Of course, I'm not saying I'm not Scotty saying that was that a person, point like, guard. I'm not in a lot of ways, lot, but that's the way that you try to run that triangle offense. You get you get two yeah. guards and a big man, and you figure you can only you can only possibly have the speed or size to pick up two of them, and the third guy is just going to dominate you either on the boards or with with the mid range, and that's yeah. and that's basically how they ended up winning that that first championship.
0: Well, and additionally, it was you know they had uh, they had Shaq for how long? Like two years? Uh, before they they picked up phil jackson i mean yeah phil jackson and you know they didn't really get anything going until that that you know uh 99 2000 season when they you know as soon as phil jackson joins the team uh they win three consecutive you know
2: no for sure and And all,
0: all five of all five of kobe's championships were with phil jackson so i think it is very important to you know he was such a I I, w- I think it would be f- very fair to say that he's a very crucial part of his success at all stages of his career.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that that, that kind of starts the question around. So the the Lakers win five championships of eleven years. I want to say between um, when their last championship was was twenty ten or eleven. So five championships in ten years because they win yeah they win oh one through 0-2, three championships and they win. Uh, nine and
0: ten. Yeah, five from ninety nine two thousand to 2010
2: I mean, So, I mean, so you take you take uh, you take Jackson out of the picture, and I think that it it really changes the landscape of the entire NBA. I mean, like you said, they don't they have basically the same not the same roster, but they have a very similar roster between ninety six up into ninety nine. Um, they have you know they're, they're two guys being obviously. Kobe and Shaq, um, with kind of the the complement of of Fisher, like we were talking about, um, but they don't win anything until until kind of the advent of of Phil Jackson. So I think that I think that really starts the question of what does the league look like from that maybe '99 season until the, the mid 2000s. Um, I don't have a good answer there, but I think
1: it is a good question. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I- I think just sh- kind of shifting gears a bit. I mean, I think just just for the sake of argument, I think we should we should dive into what theoretically what what do the Hornets look like? Do the Hornets get the players that um Kobe Bryant would need to succeed beside him? I mean, I think an answer here could be possibly, you know, in in 2000 Tracy McGrady's up for free agency. If if the Hornets have a young Kobe Bryant, are they a destination that Tracy McGrady might be looking into to sign? And, you know, they'd, they'd have the cap space, their young team. Is that is that a duo that you could see happening in, in Charlotte? I don't,
4: I don't know, though. If you think about it, though, it could be the same problem that Giannis is having in Milwaukee. I mean, the reason that Gian, Giannis is a star, arguably the best player in the league, yeah, Chris Middleton is his next best player. And they can't and a reason why everyone thinks he's leaving is because they can't get anyone to play with them in Milwaukee. Small market, very similar to Charlotte. Not a lot of national TV besides the star player. You know, it's no glamour. And so no matter how good Kobe gets in Charlotte, just like no matter how good Giannis gets in Milwaukee, there's a ceiling. Just because of the city. And, and I think it's interesting if you go back to the championship decade, ch- championship uh, teams and, and the championship players. You know, and I looked up ESPN's top ten players. The smallest market is San Antonio, Tim Duncan. The rest is LA and Celtics, Chicago, Philly, and so I think that there's a natural limitation on small markets and and the players that they can attract.
0: For one, with with a. I th- yeah, and, and that that that's a good point. Um, I feel like that San Antonio just, th- that, you know, the 2000 San Antonio Spurs to fairly recently, I, you, you really just can't, like, you can't put them into any category. I feel like that's just the team that broke every, like, standard mold of, like, NBA basketball in just that they were a team with one of the best coaches of all time and just, they 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 won with no flash. They were just pure fundamentals, and I I feel like I feel like that was just one of those teams that everything played out perfectly that would have won in any market.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, you need to consider when talking about Tracy McGrady, he signed with the Orlando Magic, which is by no means Not exactly a big, which market. is by no means a big market. So I don't think it's necessarily a question of a big market. I think he went to Orlando to play with, I believe, Grant Hill at the time. They both signed, and they're trying to form a big three with Tim Duncan in Orlando. So my question is, you know, obviously Team Mac didn't care too much about the big market. With Kobe on the Hornets, and say, you know, he starts off his career well because he's, he's playing valuable minutes. He's starting pretty much from the get-go if he's in Charlotte. Does a player like Tracy McGrady go to play alongside him? And then what does the NBA landscape look like after that? And, mind you, Tim Duncan was extremely close to teaming up with Tracy McGrady in Orlando. That Not many people realize that. He was... He himself has said he was very close. So, you know, we, we might be even talking Tim Duncan on the table playing with Kobe. Like, if if he's in Charlotte and T-Mac decides to go.
0: Uh I don't know because because I feel like a lot of vets like that aren't going to take that big of a risk on a rookie who had a good first season. You know, like obviously we know now that
2: well his first season wasn't very good. Well, well, okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's, T- but but like T-Mac if and he Tim was, Duncan were Starting, both, he was playing on the Lakers.
1: No, no. T-Mac and Tim really Duncan were, were both drafted the year after Kobe. They, oh, never mind. <laughs> they, yeah, so they would be going to team up with a guy older than them who had been in the league, would be considered the leader of the of a young team. And I'm not even saying Tim Duncan. I'm saying if you're looking at Tracy McGrady, and then you're looking with him playing alongside Kobe Bryant. Is that like a, a Jordan pippen kind of duo
3: i i don't know if, if it is just as much as that tracy mcgrady is more more ball dominant and shot more and scored more than pippen did because pippen was willing to sacrifice a lot of shots and a, a big part of the role to play with jordan and to mesh with him so well and i don't know if a player like tracy mcgrady would do that with um, with with kobe i mean scotty pippen was like is it was a great one of the, one of like the best uh, second option of all time, and he did that because he sacrificed so much. He could have been a great first option on a playoff-level team, but he sacrificed a bunch. He sacrificed shots, m- minutes, to play with Jordan, and to play like as a team, really. And I don't know if Tracy McGrady would, would have been able to do that or would have been willing to do that, really.
2: No, I, think that's, I think that's a fair point. Um, and I also think that I don't. I, I think to me, I just keep coming back to the fact that I, I just don't know if I just don't know if Kobe's even in this conversation if he's on a different team. I really, I just keep coming back whoa, to that whoa, fact. Whoa, whoa. Um, you know, I I really just I I can't. I'm having a hard time conceptualizing the idea of a just Kobe in a different uniform. So, and so then B Kobe playing with Kobe playing with other like like me trying to think of Kobe and Tracy McGrady together. Is just uh, <laughs> that's like a, that's, that feels like a sin to me.
3: But. Right, it doesn't work because Kobe was so ball dominant that he he and Shaq worked, because Shaq didn't need to bring the ball up every possession. He wasn't dribbling it all the time, so that's why they worked well together. But Kobe and Tracy McGrady, another ball dominant player who liked to dribble and shoot, would definitely not have worked as well together for sure.
4: I mean, Kobe like had a similar like, position like, as Russell Westbrook and Harden. Is that a similar dynamic?
1: I mean, I. I I would go with no, personally. I think Tracy McGrady and Kobe both have way more to their game than I think just their scoring. And I think, you know, the, the thing with Russell Westbrook and Harden is they, they both need the ball. I think Kobe, in his early years, he w- he wasn't, like like we're talking about, they had a great offense, you know, Phil Jackson – set up a great offense for them he it wasn't like play iso ball with kobe bryant No,
0: and people also forget that kobe bryant is one of the all-time assist leaders like he
1: yeah yeah.
0: i ever it was you know everyone was oh kobe takes every shot that's like every time he comes down the court he's shooting he played he you know the offense ran through him you can't deny that but he was still just an offensive machine in every regard he could you know, he could yeah. just score, make anyone on the court score whenever he was on the court.
2: I mean, the thing about that is, though, I mean, I'm looking at it now. His career assist numbers, they're solid. It's He averaged 4.7 throughout his career, never had a season above 6.2. And he wasn't a ball mover. He was not a ball mover. I don't think – I think that anyone that's I – and mean, you can even see that in the rift that ended up happening between Shaq and Kobe. I mean, I think that it's – I think it's kind of crazy to say that Kobe could coexist well. I mean, he couldn't even coexist with a, a big man that wanted shots basically just from rebounds. I don't know if you can coexist with a guy that wants the ball in his hand to start a possession. Yeah,
4: yeah I mean, I think because Kobe's career field goal attempts average is 19.5, almost 20. That's a, that's a lot of shots a game. And I don't know with, with a McGrady-like figure if, if that balances
1: well. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree. I think it's just it is it is interesting to entertain the idea of seeing those two guys play together, especially since they're two guys that you know right off the bat from their career. You you knew they were special. Uh, I think it's it's definitely worth thinking about what what that would look like. Because I, I do agree. I think that would that would kind of be like a Harden Westbrook, not exactly. I think it'd work a little better, but I think it'd be like a Harden Westbrook type duo when that was not common in the league that was not point guards took the ball up you know that you didn't you didn't play like that so I think it's it's interesting to think what would the league look like would they play would that work in that league
3: I mean I I really don't think so because I mean I'm looking at Tracy McGrady and his career his career stats his career shots per game is about 16 and with Kobe's like 20 that's 36 shots per game between the two of them and the average shots per game for the for the average NBA team in two thousand was like eighty. So between the two of them, they take half the shots every single game, night in night out. And I don't think I, I don't think that's sustainable. And we, well, we, I mean,
0: you look at you look at just modern teams right now. I mean, it's it's become just such a shot centric. Like you know, you look at the Lakers today. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are accounting for such a massive portion of not only the points, but you know. Likewise the shots taken I, I I don't think it's too out of the picture to think that two players could sustainably take close to half the team's shots but then and, and also on top of that you look at those numbers and those are numbers independent of each other when they're together it's gonna go down
1: you know
4: does that go down well though
1: well uh, i I think this is very similar to the debate we have nowadays with would a big man like Shaq dominate in the league? It's kind of you know, it's a different it was style of different it's, game. We're talking a different style of play that, you know, I personally think teams would not have an answer for an offense like that back in the day because it just wasn't common. No one No for, for, one for what, like a Shaq? No, for a a T Mac T yeah, yeah, Mac okay, and Kobe. Yeah. And you know, I think even even if you had just to entertain the idea like Tim Duncan and Kobe together, I think something like that in Charlotte could could keep the franchise there, or yeah. even Kobe could keep the franchise in Charlotte. I is. think
3: Tim Duncan and Kobe work um, way better than tra- T-Mac and Kobe, just because um, like Kobe and Tim Duncan is similar enough to Shaq and Kobe, except Duncan doesn't de- demand as much as Shaq. D- uh, Duncan wouldn't get angry at Kobe for not getting his shots up. He's way more unselfish, I feel like, than Shaq is, and so I feel like those two would work together well. So I feel like the best combination that would have worked and would have kept Charlotte alive would would have been like an, un, an unselfish big man and then Kobe as well.
0: Well, well, if we're talking about you know, Flash to shout out your boys for a second, moving a two very kind of like ball centric players to play with each other, uh, KD and Steph and Clay that worked out pretty well. Well, I think, I think some, s- would, some would say that that was a a decent basketball
3: team. They, they weren't bad, but I think that's yeah. because. Seth so Curry is like the most unselfish stu- superstar ever. He 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 plays he would play off ball, he'll pass, he'll move the offense around him and he still doesn't demand all the shots. Uh, all right, and also all I think right, that bud. Kevin uh, Durant when he came to Golden State, he sacrificed right, a lot bud. to fit into the system and he fit in very very well and he went let's, with the system let's reel it in a bit. Let's
4: and I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think a couple other things is think about during KD and and Klay and Steph they're playing with the hand check rule. That's another huge consideration. Oh, absolutely. Um, and when you create a guard-centric team in the two thousand, in two thousand, before the rule changes in oh four oh five, get mauled. That's a tough proposition. Yeah. No matter how good your guards are. Yeah. And so I think, generationally, I think I think one question would be: Is I don't think Tracy McGrady is a top player in today's NBA.
0: Well, and I think the two thousands was a the combination of like a big man like Shaq and a guard like Kobe that was the literally you could not have made a more perfect combination beautiful basketball of not only the time period of basketball but also the style of players for that time period it was it, it just was such a perfect combination
1: yeah well let's just on the topic of Shaq what do the lakers look like if Without. charlotte keeps kobe
3: i don't think shaq i mean I don't think, I don't know if Shaq even goes to the Lakers. I feel, I think Kobe. No, no,
0: no. no. Shaq's still going to the Lakers.
3: I don't, I don't know. I mean, Kobe was a
0: no name. Dude, Kobe was a random high school kid that they just picked up. That was a, they signed Kobe that, or they, okay, so they signed Shaq that summer. It was like a few weeks after they picked up Kobe, they picked up Shaq. Them getting Shaq in that time was like getting LeBron to come to your team now, or like whoever Giannis is going to. He's not staying in Milwaukee. He is. It's, he was such a high-value target that just a random high school kid at the time that they had just drafted, that's not changing where Shaq goes. You know, they the, the Lakers get Shaq regardless.
2: Yeah, I mean, he won, he won the 92-93 R- Rookie of the Year, uh, ended up winning the MVP award in 98-99. In um, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that anyone of that stature, literally and figuratively, um, is is moving to a team strictly because they want to play with some seventeen-year-old high school, yeah, yeah, unpositioned player, maybe point guard, maybe shooting guard, maybe small
1: forward.
0: But additionally, if if, if Charlotte doesn't keep them, or if Charlotte,
1: like theoretically, if they're planning if on keep, keeping, are,
0: them, are we yeah. saying, are we saying, if Charlotte keeps them, or if Charlotte passes and takes a pick of their own? I mean, someone else.
1: I I would say, just for the sake of argument, let's say Charlotte keeps him, Charlotte and, and Kobe him and, and keeps Kobe's okay. happy to be there.
0: Well, I think for one that they don't take, whatever his name is,
1: Tony there. Delk. Tony Delk. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Delk's Gonzo. I don't know where he is, but it's Flick that up. <laughs> wait, wait where, where's he at now? Probably, probably selling insurance. <laughs> um,
2: uh Tony Delk was most recently. A assistant coach for the New Mexico State Aggies. Oh
0: yeah, (laughs) but but yeah, I mean, who ends up falling to the Lakers next pick? I think that's one thing. Yeah, I mean, they took Derek Fisher with that twenty fourth pick, very very valuable
1: player. I mean, so just just looking at the Hornets, so obviously they get their guard, they 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 get a guard in Kobe Bryant. So next they're looking for a big man because obviously they don't they don't have the trade for big man. Drafted right after them was Jermaine O'Neal who, you know, he had he had a okay NBA career. I mean, he he averages averages 13 points, 7 rebounds, one assist per game. If you add him with, you know, on with Kobe on a young Charlotte team with some great veterans, I think the bottom line is maybe maybe Kobe's not as good, but the bottom line is they have some exciting players, and I, I don't think their franchise leaves Charlotte's, in two thousand two. Not leaving. I I don't think they leave in two thousand two.
2: No, I think that's a fair point. I think that's definitely a fair point. Um, I think the, the other thing and I want a to, whole
0: new rabbit hole in itself. <laughs>
2: the the other thing I wanted to get into, um, and I don't know if everyone's ready for this conversation. All right, all right. Oh, it's the it's the take that we've been
0: hearing about all day. Yeah, so I right. so I
2: have so I've been sitting on this for a little bit. So, obviously, su- like the the super teams of the modern era, almost exclusively stemmed from the Kobe break the, Co- the Kobe Bryant Lakers, right? Yes. I mean, you get the two th- the late two thousand Celtics. Uh, you get LeBron going to the Heat in twenty ten. Um, you know, basically. Basically, laying the foundation for the modern super team. The, right, the big three. Put a bunch
0: of scrubs with three, yeah, exactly. or three Really bunch, good
2: players. You put a bunch of scrubs with three players that are going to play forty minutes a game, and they'll each average twenty-two uh, and, and, for half your uh, yeah, offense. and have yeah. all of your points. But all of those teams are in a direct response to the Kobe Bryant Laker years, specifically the um, you know I'm I'm looking at those that those teams' records right now. Um, so let's see. Uh, oh eight. Um, fifty seven 57 wins. Oh seven fifty seven wins. 57, 10, fifty seven ten fifty seven wins. I mean, and obviously they win the two thousand eight and nine championship. Two thousand seven they only lost because the Celtics put together that. Or two thousand eight they only lost because the Celtics put together that super team. Um, so what do you guys think that that does for? The modern landscape of the NBA. And do you think that we still have, we, we still see that the composition of kind of like the need for a super team if you want to compete and if you
1: want to win a title? I mean, I think the league is headed that way. Um, I, I don't know. I think it would happen anyways.
4: Personally. I don't, I would argue that it started with the Lakers. I think basketball has been a sport when you've had pockets of gr- of great teams since it started. You go back to the maddie a little shout out to your Celtics oh, let's go. in the sixties.
0: Disgusting.
4: And then you go to you know you can talk about Magic's Lakers. You talk about the Pistons. Showtime Lakers, yeah, yeah. Showtime Lakers, oh, no. the Bad Boys, the Bulls in the nineties. Yeah. Lakers in the early two thousands. So I I think it's more of an element of basketball in the sense that and you know, I think with other sports, with football you're fielding twenty two guys baseball you got nine guys and every guy can only hit three or four times
0: basketball is probably the uh, it's definitely the major sport that an individual player can have the most impact i that's yeah i think i definitely agree with that and
4: and i think it's so i don't think that's a application evolution i think it's an integral part of the game
2: all right so let, let me let me rephrase really quick so you're you're right there have been super teams throughout throughout the nba's history you mentioned Old Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, Bulls, but I mean, so you, I, I'm I'm more talking about the modern composition of a super team. So, yeah. like, let's look at let's look at what those what those two teams that I just mentioned did. Like the, the teams you mentioned were great for a long time because they had players that would stick with that team uh, even when they were bad, which sometimes they obviously were. But now it's basically. The, the the modern the modern way to build a super team is you have you have a three year window right I mean you look at those Cel the oh eight Celtics teams you look at um, you know you the look heat. at the Heat you look at the Cavs LeBron teams even even to a lesser extent the 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 Warriors I mean the Warriors went from the best record of all time to the first overall or second overall pick in the draft right so I think that Red they're the
5: they're
3: back next year. Back next year. Don't worry.
2: Um,
0: if if, if we, we could just yeah,
2: but like, team but, in the NBA. But that's what's interesting to me about the modern super team. That's what I really meant. Where it's yeah. like the the win now super team. Where it's you're not drafting those guys. I mean you know you well, prop, the, the, the modern super the Warriors, team is though. literally just you you know you make three win now trades. You sign one big free agent and you say I need to win a championship in the next two years. And which is and those teams, I think that's what I was really arguing. I those mean, you, you teams get are and in Toronto for one year. Exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those teams are in a direct response to those Lakers teams. I think. I think that's that's definitely fair. 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 And so I mean, like, do like that's that's what I'm really asking. I mean, of course, occasionally you hit right in a couple draft picks like those Warriors teams did. Um,
3: go, to, go, Dubs! But,
2: but I mean, if you if you look at the the recent the recent Championship winners. We we mentioned the we mentioned the the Spurs. Um, obviously, they're they, but I don't think anyone would call them a super team. I think that everyone just say that they were a really good just basketball great team. Team, yep. yep. But I mean, if you look at the recent championship winners, I mean, it's almost exclusively those win now super teams. Yeah,
0: just that this philosophy of rather than and I, that that has a very good point of like you rather than building a a a dynasty, so to mm-hmm. say, it's really just. It seems like people are just waiting for their turn to to get those big free Asians or something like that, and you know, have their their two or three years in in the spotlight. And then, obviously, you know, some franchises are, um, very much more frequently in that spotlight. You know, for the longest time. I mean, the Lakers are probably the most recognizable franchise in the NBA nope. in terms of it. Who who? Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. You have more championships. Okay, one one championship, and they won them in the, in the 50s. Like
1: We won more championships. Dude,
0: you go anywhere in the world, everyone knows who the Lakers are. but
1: Everyone also knows who the Celtics are. Like, no. You can't make that Not argument. nearly as much as the Lakers. No, are you, are you serious? Kidding? Absolutely. Anyone Absolutely. in the world knows Absolutely. who the Celtics no, and the Lakers don't. are and no, the Hawks. No, don't,
4: bro. So actually, the Lakers are valued at... 4.4 billion Celtics at 3.1 billion. And that and that and that's that's global impact.
1: Is the value Absolutely. of your team in dollars 100% do what team is better? Is that is that no. what we're it, it has the to the do with Knicks, the legacy? The it's a legacy like the thing. The the Knicks are better. I'm, I'm just it's a legacy in thing. National
0: recognition. More people are going to know who the Lakers are than any other oh, yeah, NBA that's franchise. Fine. That's fine. Um, but even then with, you know, for the longest time, they were a consistent like would always be in the playoffs, would always be a top contender team. And then since this, uh, you know, since 2000, once the kind of trade for the super teams, everything like that, since that whole uh, philosophy kind of took place, I mean, this is the first time we've been to the playoffs in seven years. You know, we won our first playoff series since 2012 this year. I think it's just so interesting to see how this new, uh, this new, yeah, philosophy of, of the front office playing such a bigger role now in the league and on the teams. You know, we were unspeakably awful for for seven years. to two thousand
2: fifteen. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> Jay, I will never forgive you for. Your high school, at least, for producing Jody Meeks.
1: Hey, Jody Meeks is NBA champion now. You know,
0: <laughs> Jody Meeks is an NBA champion in the same he way. Brought, I'm a D1 he
1: athlete. brought the trophy back home to Norcross. That's that's the most important thing. You know, Jeremy Lamb's going to keep the tradition going. <laughs> we got Brandon Boston coming up through Kentucky. So Robert Salkre. You know that'll be. You know, it's just we'll just continue the tradition. How many uh, pro basketball players have come out of Tahlequah High School, Ryan?
0: So. <laughs> um, I don't even know if we've produced a college basketball player outside of Northeastern State. Go Hawks. Go River Hawks, you know? Yeah. Go. But, um, you know, we try hard. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we open it up to calls?
1: Yeah, If uh, if any of our listeners want to give a call in, pose a question about Kobe and what would have happened. Uh, the number is five seven four six three one six four zero zero. Just give us a call and we'll put you on the air. I think while we, while we wait for a call, I think something that we've haven't really gone as far into as I wish we could have is you know what happens if the Hornets do stay in Charlotte. What the because obviously they move to New Orleans. And uh, Ryan and I were actually talking earlier today about this. New Orleans played, what, two, one season? Two seasons in Oklahoma City?
0: Uh, I want to say it was just the one year. Yeah. Oklahoma City Hornets.
1: So, New Orleans plays in Oklahoma City for one year, which, you know, I think R- Ryan had told me this earlier. It, they use that as a big justification for why Oklahoma City would be able to have a team. So, what I mean, happens
0: without without the Oklahoma City Hornets? I think they, you know, they aren't really going to consider. I that I think that was what you know allowed Oklahoma City to show that it was a viable candidate for a franchise, you know, um, to be an expansion team. So I think I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that you know. The Supersonics are still in Seattle. They could have been in a different city, but I don't think the Oklahoma City Thunder are yeah. a thing.
1: So then we're looking at, I mean, obviously, the Bobcats. You want
0: to talk about small markets that almost won championships.
1: Yeah. The Bob, Well, the Bobcats get added to Charlotte, kind of as a promise after the whole thing. I mean, they get added in 2004. So where does a team get added if Charlotte never leaves? Does a team get added to New Orleans and then they're... The new New Orleans team starts then, which I think they actually would have missed out on Chris Paul, if I'm correct. Chris Paul was drafted in 2003. He was drafted
3: that same year LeBron was. So I
1: think that was don't get me started. Uh, 2005, 2005, 2005. Oh, yeah. 2004, 2005. 2005. My my bad, but Chris. I mean, don't get me started. On, we drafted Marvin Williams over Chris Paul, so. <laughs> I mean, he's still in the league, but I I just want to think where where does a team go? What's what's a market that needs a team besides Charlotte in that landscape? Do, does a team end up in New Orleans? I
3: mean, you if you're talking it? cities that already have big sports teams, you have I mean, obviously, yeah, Louisiana. You have cities like I mean, you can always toss another one in New York. No one would care. You could toss you could toss a team. <sighs> St. Louis, they have baseball, they have hockey, they don't have basketball, they had, they, they had football at the time, they would work. You could do San Diego, they didn't have a team, but I feel like New Orleans is the most likely, likely option still.
1: I think a, team, uh, a city that has always been high on my list for expansions in any league has been Louisville Louisville. Basketball basketball, Louisville basketball, basketball, basketball. They have two great. No, no, okay. They have two okay. great we colleges to, there.
0: We want to talk about cities that would do well with an NBA franchise. That it makes no sense that they don't have one. Kansas City,
1: Kansas City,
0: Kansas City The market is perfect, and I have no clue why they don't have a team. They they used to, obviously, you know.
3: Yeah. Jay, I like what you were saying about Louisville because they have two great schools there. They have U They have UK. And they have those two schools. They can attract talent. I mean, in that's middle of the Midwest, that, that takes up a lot of Midwest players who want to kind of come home. One more of a Midwest, Midwest vibe, I'd say. So that would be a good one. Yeah. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe to Henry's point, the Supersonics move to Kansas City or, or the Supersonics move to New Orleans or something like that. Kansas it, City Sonics? It, without, without Charlotte leaving, I think... It's very hard to justify a Oklahoma City team.
0: We have a, a caller coming in. So one second. Hello? Hello, is it? Is it the radio? Uh yes this is. Hello?
2: They got a prank call there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they've they hung up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the most recent teams that have gotten added. Um, Pelicans in 2002. Um, Memphis Grizzlies in 2001.
0: Pelicans 01. in 2002? Yep. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The Hornets, yeah.
2: Um, I'm trying to think of what other. I mean, obviously the. Obviously the move of uh the move of the Supersonics is uh, would be the most recent one, but that's kind of after this time. So I don't know. I mean, if. I think that, I think that you, Jay, I think that you're right. I think that I think the Midwest would have to add another team, whether that's St. Louis or Kentucky or Kansas City. Kansas City, man,
0: Kansas City.
1: I don't know. You boys uh, got
0: any takes in there? <laughs> I
1: don't know if we've got any devoted listeners, you want to we've- talk
0: about about moving franchises? Uh, just just so I can, you know, can I can I vent here for a second? What are the Clippers oh still doing in Los Angeles? That makes it, it makes no sense. They they will never, under any circumstance, be Los Angeles' team. No one in Los Angeles cares about the Clippers. That's the the only way that could happen is maybe if they won like 10 championships in a row. Uh, otherwise otherwise, I mean, Reynolds, Reynold you can you can attest to this.
4: Uh, the only team that is less relevant than in LA than them is uh the Chargers, I think. Chargers. I think the Clippers got 10 fans, Chargers got 2. That's so
2: This <laughs> the western conference final will decide who the real la team is D- 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 mm. <laughs> i I swear to <laughs> it what do you mean actually funny enough that's another that's another good example of uh of the super team mentality we have, Somehow a, to, uh, we
0: have a caller coming in one sec, let's see if we can figure it out this time hello you are uh you are on the air or not
1: Hello, caller.
2: Maybe Hello? you're not on the air. Need a producer.
0: We have a call coming in from LA LA Lakers. Hello? Jay, did you press something?
1: <laughs> I didn't. I turned on the phone. Turn on the phone. It should be I'll working say. right now.
0: Hello. Can you hear us? Dude, what did you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> I we're not
1: going to college today. Yeah. Uh, uh, caller line seems to be down right now. Um,
0: Jay, whatever, whatever you guys, press, you, uh, <laughs> unpress it.
2: Right, just, pick just pick and and up the phone. I keep and I don't know where they Hello. keep going.
0: Hello? Uh, Jay is here um we are trying to figure out the phones right now uh one second (laughs) okay oh wait wait okay we have you we have you on speaker
5: here okay yeah on speaker jay say
1: something yep Yep. all right go ahead caller
5: go ahead caller okay um i heard there was a lot of uh discussion about mba and uh Kobe and all this different stuff and I just uh, I had an interesting it's not a Kobe related uh, story but it's an NBA related story if you guys are interested it, ble- it was it was surprised me when I heard it yeah go ahead so over the summer there was a lot of talks between. Them. This, this is just something I heard from um, my roommate he used to go to uh, another school and in his fraternity there was um A kid whose dad was just in the sports world And like he told His his son told him this crazy story about how um, If um, Steve Ballmer The owner of the Clippers was talking to Adam Silver And they decided that if the Clippers didn't go out And get a bunch of like two big free agents um, That they were going to move the team to Seattle And they were going to take them back And make them the Supersonic So the Clippers didn't sign Kawhi, Leonard, and Paul George and they were going to take the team back, and, like, no one knew about it. Like, it was going to be a huge move. So I thought
0: that was kind of interesting. I think that would have been a great move on the Clippers' part. We're
2: breaking news here on the What If podcast. Well, we hopefully, need some
0: sound insider, effects. For that. Insider yeah. uh, knowledge.
1: I mean, hopefully that still happens, I think. You know, that would be absolutely yep. electric, you know, seeing seeing Paul George and Kawhi up in Seattle.
2: I mean, I'm here for it. Yep. I mean, I can't imagine... I I mean we have two LA people in in this booth right now and neither of them like I think that if the Clippers left tomorrow without a public announcement I don't think that either of you guys would notice.
0: Oh we, we we'd <laughs> notice in in the happiest way possible.
2: <laughs> Get him out of there. All I'm right here well for it. I like this rumor yeah well we're, uh, so we're we're now officially breaking news on this yeah. uh, on this broadcast. Um, turns out that if if. If the Clippers move to Seattle, we had it here first. We had it here first. If they don't 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 come after us, but if they did, we were right. All right, thank you for the call. Thank you, caller.
5: Yeah, for sure. All right.
2: We should
0: Uh, so we are going to have to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Um What what's the next week? What's what's next week's topic? Who's up next?
1: James will be our leading host next week. Right now, uh um, th- m- lots of topics are still in the, w- in the works, but
3: don't worry, it's going to be a good one. Th- It'll it be the, the craziest man. sports mystery of all time. Don't trust me. What if water polo was cool? <laughs> uh, there's a
1: good one. What if people outside of the random countries played water polo? Yeah, people
3: do in California. <laughs> all right. <And> <laughs> we, I'm going to show- We
1: will that. leave it with that. <laughs> Jay
0: play the outro music. What if on
4: WVFI sports mysteries? We talk
0: about them here. Tune in every Wednesday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Sports. Sports. sports.
1: sports.
0: Thank you and good night. Sports. This video
5: was, or this, <laughs> this show was recorded at WVFI Studios in Notre Dame.